We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Bucks. I'm your host, Nick Fay. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. I've spoken into existence, Nick. We had our first real blowout win of the season. Nets won 129-88. One of the biggest victories in Nets history. I believe top five. But, Jack, before we get into it, quick reminder, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. Where do we even start here? Carol Savetta at a plus 43, Nick. Historical performance, highest plus minus for a net in the last 20 seasons. So shout out to Karis because that plus minus matters. Um, <laughs> it was just a dominant performance from everyone. I mean, looking at the plus minus, the only guy who really didn't stick out was the guys in garbage time and DeAndre Jordan and Wilson Chandler. But, you know, Karis Avert, very nice game for him to get back rolling and back to back good performances is something the Nets want to see in the fans. Yeah, absolutely. I think Karis Avert. Ever since being started into the starting lineup, we sort of spoke that into existence as well, Nick. The, he has been showing some some awesome form. And, you know, 8 of 20 tonight, had eight dimes as well. You know, he seems to be developing or re-engaging himself with, with Jared Allen and a lot of the big men. He just seems to be more fluid and calm on the floor. His confidence is there. You know, I know your boy Matt Brooks was really happy with the performance. Our boy Matt Brooks was really happy with the performance yesterday. He mentioned on Twitter as well that that first step is back. Karis looks confident, and that is key. Yeah, he looks very confident, and tonight he was getting the switches. Obviously, you know, Golden State's team or bigs or whatever it was, they're not ideal. Marquise Chris, you know, uh, 
Kevon Looney's pretty good, but Amari Spellman, like these aren't big name NBA players. Eric Pascal, like Karras was getting the switch and he was attacking these guys, getting to the rim, breaking them down one-on-one. And that's what you want to see. You want to see him continue to build that confidence and continue to do that against better and better players. And this is a nice stepping stone getting to match up with Phoenix and Golden State when you got some big dogs coming up. Well, yeah, Toronto are on an absolute, uh, absolute oval. I think it's their record, their franchise high 12th uh, win in a row, and they lost Kawhi Leonard. They are an insane team in how they're playing this season. We're going to have our work cut out for us. But who stood out tonight that will hopefully be able to carry that momentum with them against Toronto, Nick? Yeah, it's, like, really hard to say anyone stuck out. Even as good as Karras played, like, a lot of it was just, you know, Golden State not being that great. But, you know, Joe Harris had a solid game. Garrett Temple was hitting a couple of crazy shots out there. You know, Torian Prince did his thing. Spencer Dinwiddie really didn't have a – he had a quiet game. But for the most part, it was just a team effort. And to be honest, Golden State being so bad. What about Rodion's birthday? He finally got some bloody damn minutes. Yes, and he was going to get minutes actually in this game, even without it being a blowout because TLC, I think his contract ran out the last game. So Rodion's got some minutes early on, you know, made some nice cuts in this game, knocked down a couple three-point shots. Hey, a nice plus. Maybe it'll can convince uh, Kenny to play him a little bit more. Post game, he mentioned, you know, Rody's shot is looking a lot better. He's not hesitating, and he put a lot of work in this summer. Yeah, I, I think that Rody and Kuritz, I've advocated for his minutes. We've advocated for his minutes quite consistently. It's been a, a question mark as to why he hasn't been in the rotation. And tonight's performance showed up why, essentially. You know, he's confident from three. He rebounds the ball well. He just impacts the game. And, you know, he has confidence now. You know, confidence with a capital K for Kuritz in that sort of <laughs> regard. I'm really, really liking Rodion's course. I think that he is a, a more mature player than he's shown uh, in, in his rookie season. And I think that, you know, getting th- going through the adversity they did to start the season, you know, being out of the rotation, getting a bit more confidence in the G League was really beneficial for him. So for me, uh, I want to see more Rodi, more Rodi, more Rodi. Yeah, I think he's starting to learn the game a little bit more. And I think he's okay having, you know, possessions where he's not going to touch the ball. Saw a couple times him set, you know, screens off ball, which I don't remember him doing last season. So just taking those strides and getting a little bit better each time, even if you aren't getting the playing time. So that really stuck out. And, you know, just the Nets being able to take care of business. Like I said, a Golden State was really bad. They shot, I want to say, under 10% from three. It was just felt really bad and they just weren't hitting shots. But instead of in the past where you saw the Nets get really sloppy and allow a team to stay in the game, they continue to press on the pedal and win every quarter and give themselves that large lead so they could have the fourth quarter off and the young guys could play and develop. Yeah, I mean, it's starting that first quarter, Nick, 40 points to 25. You extend a 15-point buffer, a 10 to 15-point buffer in the first quarter. Sometimes the Nets let the other teams back in. It's happened of late, and it's, you know, it's created a, a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of uneasy times for Nets fans and Nets players alike. So to be able to contain, um, continue that momentum is incredibly positive. In that sort of sense, uh, a lot of players are saying, or, or you know, speaking after the game, that this was the best defensive performance of the season. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors don't have the offensive talent of, of many other teams, probably not any other team in the league. They're one of the worst teams in the league right now, except for D'Lo. Not going to shade my boy. But how was the defense? Was it that good? Well, you know, I thought the defense is, was good, but the thing is, like you said, Jack, it's just not that much talent on the Golden State side. So guys can lock them down or defend them because they're just not gr- that great of players. 
You know what I mean? Even when they had the open shots, they weren't knocking them down or the Nets were forcing them into long twos or whatever it was, or, you know, guys were shooting threes that you're okay with them shooting threes. And like, if they're not a good three point shooter, you want to put up six shots, you know, just looking down Golden State's roster in terms of three point shooting. we got Eric Pascal at two for five, Marquise Chris, one of four, Damian Lee, one of seven. D'Lo was 0 of 8, Jordan Poole 1 of 7, Kavon Looney 0 of 2, Jacob Evans 0 of 4, Amari Spellman 0 of 1. You know, like the only guy on here that got a good amount of looks from three and didn't hit was D'Angelo Russell. Pretty much everybody else on the team is not a good three-point shooter. Yeah, and that's positive, and, and it works out well in terms of the, the Nets game plan was was sound enough, you know, limiting the, the most dangerous performer, a guy that we've probably got a, a pretty decent scouting report on uh, in D'Angelo Russell. We essentially, you know, I think there is no other team in the league that knows him better with C- Coach Kenny essentially establishing him or being a huge part of establishing him to be what the player he is today. I want to I want to hear your thoughts on what Steve Kerr had to say about the Nets after the game. He said, Kenny Atkinson has always done a really good job here. I've said that over the last couple of years, how impressive that job Kenny and Sean Marks have done in turning a program around that had no draft picks for several years. And they did it by building a really strong culture and a strong player development foundation. Found guys like Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes, there are other players other than Karis LeVert, Nick. And he didn't say that. All of those guys who were there for the taking around the league, they took those guys, helped develop them, and they're all excellent players now. With the additions they've made in free agency and KD and Kyrie, they're going to be a team to reckon with. Yeah, I thought uh, Kenny and Steve Kerr, you could catch them after the game, like having a nice word with each other. There was a a high amount of post-game hugs. And Steve Kerr has also been one guy who's kind of supported Kenny. I don't know if they've had a relationship prior, but he's always had nice things to say about the Nets, even when they were a bad team. Saying they were playing the right way. You know, Kenny was running the right systems and, you know, just continuing along that line. And he knows now that they have talent, they're going to actually win games and be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Golden State, this is a, a bridge year for them. And, you know, obviously, D'Angelo Russell might be on the move for, by the time this podcast is over. But, Nick, I want to hear some D'Lo moments. I want to hear all the moments where he was hugging, where there was chanting for him. I love my boy D'Lo, and I put it out on Twitter the other day. You know, I love D'Lo. I love my team. I, I think that's okay. And, you know, I, I think that the way that he has endeared himself to a team, to this team, spot only two years with the franchise is nothing short of extraordinary. Yeah, you could definitely feel it from the start. You know, the fans were giving him that happy ovation when he came in. Nothing too crazy for, you know, he's still an opposing player, but there were some good moments out there. And Nets made his life really difficult on the court. All the points he scored, I thought, were like either contested mid-range shots or crazy teardrops over DeAndre Jordan. But after the game, we saw him share some moments with his former teammates, you know, him and Kara Savert. And then I think someone asked Kara Savert after the game was, you know, what was it like playing against D'Angelo? And he said, honestly, it felt a little weird. I mean, it would be because those guys have sort of been the, the crux of the organization in terms of reestablishing our identity, reestablishing us as being a relevant franchise, let alone one that has been in the doldrums of the Billy King era. And, you know, obviously, like sort of Steve Kerr was saying, in that regard, you know, Carol Savert has, has been there. D'Angelo Russell, we traded for him. We got him and he provided us, a, you know, he was the key reason why we made the playoffs last year. So for me, it's, a, it's an incredible, incredible, it's just incredible to see that, this player in D'Angelo Russell, I've still got his T-shirt jersey. It's one of my favorites. I wear it, you know, when I'm when I'm hooping. And you know, I might, I've also got a Jeremy Lin one and a Brook Lopez one. The Jeremy Lin one I don't wear as much, but D'Angelo Russell, I think that you know, uh, Anthony Puccio put out like a tweet in terms of the most the the favorite point guard in in the Nets era. 
And despite Jason Kidd and Kyrie Irving being on that list, D'Angelo Russell still uh, was able to take the lead, and I think in a, in a pretty handsome margin as well. Yeah, I'd say some of that probably has something to do with the demographic of using social media. But, so, uh, you know what I mean? A lot of young fans going to D'Angelo because Jason Kidd is still the point guard for the Nets. Maybe Kyrie can take that mantle over at some time. But that's for another day. I thought, honestly, watching the game, you know, I don't know if this is like wrong, wrong viewpoint, but I almost felt bad for D'Angelo, like that he wasn't part of this team and he had to essentially finish the season with this terrible Golden State team, unless he is traded. But it was just like tough to watch because you could see that like D'Lo was a good NBA player and he was substantially better than everyone else out there, especially offensively. And that includes Draymond Green, who I I, I don't know even know how I feel about him anymore. But it just like it was tough to watch D'Angelo struggle out there with that team and knowing that he helped the Nets get in this position. How dare you slander Marquise Chris Nick Faye? Um, in... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say slander Draymond Green. And I was just thinking like watching Draymond in this game, like he just is not the player I think a lot of people thought he was. He just his skill set is only like times 10 when he plays with Steph and Clay. He can't really make bad players into okay ones or okay players and the good ones and even to a point like he wasn't even helping d'angelo that much yeah i'm gonna copy and paste this episode to my co-host of the jbt podcast the the nick that i don't like as much nick Buzink. in that he's sense, a big draymond guy right he's a massive draymond guy we've had arguments about clay steph and draymond quite consistently and and you know if he's listened to this buzz and i'm damn i'm gonna force him to listen to it before we record on the weekend uh he will not necessarily like your sentimonies but i agree with them wholeheartedly my friend we're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor bet online missed your chance to bet on the chiefs and niners fear not blue wire is excited to be partnering with bet online to help you win big no matter the time of the year with March Madness, the Masters, Major League Opening Day right around the corner, BetOnline has you covered for your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to BetOnline.ag, use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed it up. It's super easy. You're already making wagers. It's a fantastic way to support the podcast. Again, Promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your bets home with BetOnline, your online sports books experts. After the game, Coach Kenny also said that we have enough talent in there to be a top 10 offense. Agree? Disagree? Is Coach Kenny crazy? Yeah, I mean, if that includes Kyrie Irving in there. I think with yep. the Nets team that they have right now, I think top 10 is maybe too much to ask because I think some of the bench units they throw out there are a little bit rough. You know, it's like Karis LeVert not surrounded by any shooters unless Garrett Temple's hitting that night. So I think when Kyrie is healthy, yeah, definitely. We've seen that in the past. We know what type of offensive player he is. I think when the Nets are healthy and they can get some chemistry and they can get some consistent rotation minutes for everyone, I think they are a top 10 offense. I looked it up because I put it out there on Twitter and had a bit of a back and forth with some with some other Nets fans. Before the Phoenix Suns game, the Nets had the third best offense. After the injury at the Denver Nuggets game where we didn't see Kyrie for about two months, the Nets were still ranked ninth in offense. Funnily enough, we are currently ranked 11th in defense. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, I, I, I think the defense really picked up when Kyrie went out and we saw guys yeah. pick it up. I think some of it too is like, 
they've slowed down a game a little bit when Kyrie was out and it was like kind of grinding out possessions. Where now when like Kyrie's out there, I think they run a little bit differently. But the defense has picked up to a more respectable level. And I think some of like the statistical outliers that we saw early in the season where teams were just hitting all their mid-range shots, it just hasn't happened. Like they've played the analytics and the analytics have kind of backed them further in the season, which usually happens as you get a bigger sample size. Yeah, when you've played 50 games, you can make a, a pretty established judgment of what, what the team is. Obviously, yep. I think off, offensively, we are better than 22nd because, you know, not having Kyrie Irving out there. When Kyrie Irving is out there, like we sort of mentioned, you know, we are at a, a top 10 offense in Coach Kenny's eyes as well. Defensively, I think we probably dropped to a middle of the rung, maybe even a, a, a bottom 10 uh, defensive team with Kyrie. But that, it's all it's all apples and oranges. It's, it's hard to it's really It's more about judge. the net rating, too essentially yeah it's it's how bad are you defensively and you know essentially we've had a pretty easy run of late in terms of the teams that we've we've been performing against you know how do we do against the toronto raptors coming up and nick you worried about that game at all because this toronto team i'm a massive fan they're my second team in the nba really really love kyle larry pascal siakam and those guys not kyle larry specifically but outside of when he's ever bursting the nets I, I just really respect the the fat ass that he has and the fact that he can still play <laughs> he can still play really really well with that fat ass you know, uh, Kyle Lowry drives me nuts, so I cannot share appreciation <laughs> for him. Um, I do appreciate Pascal Siakam, and I think it's a great test for the Nets. And I don't think they have to win this game for me to feel better about them. But if they can play a competitive game against Toronto and at least give themselves an opportunity to win late in this game, I'll feel really good about the strides they're making and the improvements we're seeing. I think, uh, Spencer said, this team is extremely confident right now. Well, we'll see against Toronto. Speaking of strides, Nick, how about that segue? I Kevin, like Dur Kevin Durant is out there running, and Nets Daily gave us a nice little tidbit that I will quote as well. A Nets insider told me that if media catches a glimpse of Kevin Durant doing something that looks like a milestone, i.e. running, it's likely it's not the first time that it's happened. It's just the first time they've seen it. Yeah, he's probably likely been running for a while, I guess. Maybe a couple weeks here. He looked good out there. He also looked good hugging Steph Curry tonight. I think KD yeah. looked good spirits. A lot of energy tonight off the bench. Even early on, you saw him kind of chirping a little bit, but former team, so you expect that. Feeling good about KD. It's just now kind of about the rest of the Nets and this team. Is like, are they going to be in a position where it's even worth Kevin Durant coming back? I think that's more of the question now because I think there's going to be a real opportunity for him to be healthy before the season ends. Yeah, I mean, he's he's looking good and – you know, I know that the a couple of like the medical sort of people on Nets Twitter and NBA Twitter are a bit more like skeptical about it. It's like, oh, all right, we've only just seen this. I expect him to be doing a little bit more. But behind the scenes, you know, we, if the Nets happen to get a seventh seed, a lot of people are advocating for the fact that, look, the Nets could upset a Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics and Indiana Pacers or whoever it might be that lands that second seed against the Bucks. Probably doesn't even matter. But how much value are you going to get out of Kevin Durant playing just, you know, 10 games or so or, or however many? Does he need to have some sort of, you know, lead into the to the playoffs if the Nets do still make it? Because obviously, you know, we are seventh right now and Orlando did lose tonight. And but the Bulls are still hanging around there. So it, nothing is a given in this league. You know, Kyrie Irving is, is still out. Hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. But yeah, all those things will certainly be weighed up. But, you know, we heard earlier that the Kevin Durant has been ruled out, but never say never. Yeah, they, the Nets have said they're acting as if he will not play this season, not specifically saying that he's definitely not coming back. So, I mean, there's still a little bit of hope. And like you said, a lot of it matters about timing. Like, is he going to have enough time to get back into some type of basketball shape? Because 
if it's like a, three games before the playoffs, you're not going to tell Kevin Durant to come back because it's just not going to be enough time for him to find any type of rhythm and even get over his minute restriction. Like even I'm sure there'll be a minute restriction if he were to come back this season for the entire time. But it, you don't want to like be like, all right, KD, you can only play 15 to 20 minutes a game more in the playoffs. Yeah. Like that's not going to work for a guy like no. Kevin Durant. It just no. and it just doesn't make sense to try to ask KD to come back or let him come back if there's such a short period, because he's going to push his limits when he gets in the postseason. It's just how it is. It's your like natural instinct coming over. He's dreamed about being in the playoffs and having that type of success his whole life. He's done it in the past. Like if he's not able to get the proper time before the postseason, I just don't want to see him back. Absolutely. Nick, before we end this one, we've got an angry kitty in Minnesota. Do you reckon? <laughs> do you? That's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Come on, mate. You got to think a little bit deeper. My jokes aren't all out there. You got to. I'm a thinker. I'm a thinking kind of man when it comes to my comedy. Carl Vinny Towns is incredibly frustrated with what's happening in Minnesota, as we saw him comment tonight after their 13th straight loss. Bradley Beal is frustrated always, it seems, about not getting all stars, not getting the recognition he deserves. Nick, if I was to give you a cat or a Bradley Beal, who are you going to take? Uh, that's tough. I think you probably go with Cat here just because he's a little bit younger. He could carry, you know, the older guys. And then also he's probably not in his prime. Like there's still strides for Cat to take to be the best possible player he can be. I think there is a top 10 potential for him just improving defensively, showing that type of effort. And I agree with, you know, his recent comments. It's a little tough to do when you know your team's going to lose every night, especially when you're like losing to another bad team in the Hawks. So I think like Cat being in the right situation, surrounded by, you know, big stars like Kyrie and KD could really pop them off. And I think the big dynamic provides you a little versatility for the roster. Or have you brought in Bradley Beal? Now it's like, oh, here's another guard. Here's another perimeter player. Where Cat obviously is a perimeter big, but he can work inside too. Bradley Beal has played off John Wall for a long time. And obviously now he's probably established himself into the borderline sort of superstar range ever since John Wall did have that Achilles injury and has been out for an extended period of time, you know, injuries left, right and center for him. So, I mean, I'll just for the sake of being different and for the sake of, you know, I still want Nick Buzink and a good friend of mine to still like me and allow me to do the podcast with him. Uh, Another Wizards fan, one of the few, uh, probably in the Southern Hemisphere at least, maybe in the Northern Hemisphere too. I think that Bradley Beal could provide a lot for this team. And I think that, you know, if we were to still able to fleece the Washington Wizards and keep maybe a Karras or maybe a Spencer or maybe a Jared Allen, then it would just be an absolute steal. Sort of like what happened with the Jimmy Butler sort of deal. You know, if you're able to still keep one of your sort of guys and and, and still able to have a, a bit of flexibility, you know, the Kawhi Leonard sort of deal, they were able to keep Pascal Siakam. You know, maybe the Nets could do something like that down the line. Obviously, we've got trades on our mind, Nick. Not, nothing really going to be happening with the, the Nets, don't you think, by the time this pod's out? You know, we could probably... Something could have happened and we might have to do an emergency pod. I might have to actually uh, try and quit teaching for a day so we can get some, some more content out there. But uh, we'll see how we go. What Do you think anything is going to happen uh, with the Nets by the time this pod you know, is released? Yeah, you got to call work at that sick day in right now. Now, um, just a quick note on Bradley Beal and Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I thought that was a great point you brought up about the package. I think trading for Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a lot more difficult than trading for yeah. Bradley Beal because Cat is a young player. Minnesota really has nothing like there's nothing where they can be like oh you know like we got this for cat like you really need to provide them some pop where Washington like John Wall's coming back like we have Davis Bertans Rui Hachimura like there's at least some other good things going on there where in Minnesota can't really say that but in terms of trades tomorrow you know I think it would just be kind of a low-key trade you know it'd be something like bench depth 
you know, maybe a Markeith Morris, maybe a stretch four, maybe some type of veteran, maybe more shooting for the bench. I'm not sure. Sean Marks is just more than likely going to surprise us in some way with a trade that we didn't think was going to happen or was possible because that's what Sean Marks does. So you're telling me that TLC for Drew Holiday isn't on the cards? No, I don't think so. Damn. I don't know how the cap works, Nick. I just talk about the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I don't look into that. That's for you and everyone at OGD Basketball, Corey, and all the other wonderful writers who have more knowledge about other teams than I do. And in talking to uh, our guy Dalton Pence, he had mentioned Houston was really trying to pursue DeAndre Jordan, and they made a call about Jared Allen, but ain't going to happen. And there was some John Collins chatter as well that was around the wings. Obviously, now since they've got Dwayne Dedman uh, and they got Clint Capella as well, there could be you know a, a, an opportunity there. But I don't know what John Collins really does add to the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, he's killed us a lot in the past in terms of whenever we see the Nets play, I always tend to see a Hawks game and John Collins puts up 2020s almost you know with his eyes closed. Yeah, I mean, Collins definitely has some nice skill set, and he's a young player. It's interesting on the Hawks' front what they'd be asking for, and I'm just not really that big of a fan of his fit with Jared Allen. Yeah. Unless his – I mean, like, his three-point shot has shown, like, improvement, so maybe it's there. And I know defensively Hawks fans have said he's taken strides, but, like, the Hawks' defense is so bad, so I always think it's so hard to gauge if a player's, you know, a competent defender in a system where everyone else is bad. Yeah, Theo Pinson, Rodion Skouritz will chuck in maybe a second rounder down the line, five years down the line. Bang, it'll get the deal done, won't it? Is that how trades work? TradeNBA.com, that's all I've got to put in, yeah? Yeah, just, you know, if it works on there, it'll work in real life. No, um, (laughs) it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I don't expect anything crazy from the Nets, but I would never sleep on Sean Marks and the possibility of something happening. It's just that it doesn't really make sense with KD not being healthy and also the contracts the Nets have on the roster. Yeah, makes sense. Jack, anything else you want to get out before we get out of here? I like the fact that the Nets won by a lot today. Nick, hopefully we can win by a lot against Toronto. I would love it. I love relaxing and watching the game and not having to stress. It doesn't happen often. does not happen often. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't. It doesn't even feel like it in most blowouts. This was the first one of the season where everyone could just take a deep breath and enjoy some player development in the fourth quarter. But as always, Jack, a pleasure. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 